Sean Nickel, welcome to the Future Champions podcast in this new episode called Open Mic with Sean Nickel. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for having me. Your background's in marketing. You're uh, a marketing executive for Brisbane Raw. Can you tell me about that? Been at the Raw for nearly three years now. I've been really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Lots of challenges. It never goes without challenges, as everyone knows. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's a great bunch of people that, that I work with. The players are always great. And it's it's a great culture at the Raw. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And how did you get into marketing? I firstly studied psychology, actually, at uni. I had to go at psychology. And I eventually, I wanted that to lead into sports science. So I was really uh, sport orientated to start with at uni and I wanted to pursue sports science eventually or something in high performance or something in personal training, right? But I did a couple of marketing courses as part of my, sort of my bridging to get into sports science at the time and really enjoyed marketing and I found out I was uh, really good at it. It was kind of a hidden talent I didn't really know about or, or you know, look at properly until I started actually doing it. So really enjoyed business and just kept pursuing that. And then that eventually took me to do a lot of internships with various people that I knew. And I just kept going and kept enjoying it. And eventually I was an intern at Football Queensland for a while. That turned into a paid gig at Football Queensland, which eventually turned into later on going to the Raw. If I can step you back a little bit, I did notice that you had some experience in marketing with the RSPCA as well. Yeah, I was an intern at RSPCA for I think it was two or three months at the time. Yeah, that was a bit of fun. Uh, that was actually quite a learning experience to me because that was one of my first internships. It's really opened me up to what university was like compared to actually working in a, a marketing team, which is was at the time very much chalk and cheese for me. So a lot of the practicalities around marketing and, and uh, working as a team there's not a whole lot of that at uni. So it's really a case of learn as you go outside of your degree. So would you recommend that anyone who's at university doing marketing or anything similar in business that internships are very important? Yes. Yeah. I would say it's just work experience. It doesn't have to be internships. A lot of it's just down to yourself having to pursue your own experience. So it can be as simple as you walking down to a cafe and just saying, hey guys, look, I'm happy to do your social media, do up your website for free. And you just gain that experience. It's the practicality behind gaining that experience that you can add to your resume, add to your portfolio, whatever you like in marketing that really makes you step or look better compared to the rest. It really steps, steps you up into the, the real world of, of what it's like in the industry. And learning by doing is one of the greatest forms of learning. Big time, big time. I think a lot of it, there's, a, there's a, certainly an element of fake it till you make it. But in saying that, if you can back yourself and just you know turn up every day knowing that you don't have all the answers, but you're going to give it your best shot, I think that's the best way to learn more about yourself and learn more about the job. Now, tell me about your passion for sport. I've been playing football for as long as I can remember. At school, it was the number one sport. I actually came from Mackay, so I went to school up there. And Mackay actually had a quite a big, um, or still does actually, Mackay's got quite a big football community. Uh, Magpies Crusaders are sort of the number one front and centre you know, club up there now, given that they're in the, I think they're in the FQPL now. But they are quite a big club and the football community really gets around them up there. So I've always been involved in football uh, right from the get-go in Mackay. Eventually, uh, after a lot of failed attempts, made state teams. <laughs> uh, and then from there, I moved to Brisbane after school and pursued um, MPL football. So and that's sort of how I came to Brisbane. And, and then you got involved with Football Queensland. What was that experience like? It was daunting at first, um, but really enjoyable. It was a team of interns alongside me, and um, we were all given tasks, um, specific tasks to, to complete that were really key to Queensland's um, 
key events calendar. So they start off, you know, uh, in the start of the year, it was always um, the female football week um, and then it went to Harmony week and then it went to start of MPL, et cetera, et cetera, play football sign-on period. So there was a lot of key events that they gave a lot of the interns and I smashed out a few of those, which was really cool. Female football week was a lot of fun, especially MPL was probably the area that I eventually had the most sort of input in the MPL content on social media, um, the website and um, EDMs and whatnot as well. So a lot of the communications that they have out now was stuff that we started back then and yeah, they've continued on and it's, I think their growth trajectories have, have continued. So it's been really good to see. With your marketing background and your marketing education, I've come up with what I think is a really good way of explaining what we're going to be talking about every month and it's called open mic with sean nickel and the reason why i want to call it that is because i want to give you the freedom to talk about the things that you think are important to people who are trying to pursue something in their lives trying to better themselves and i think it's a really good title but coming from a marketer can you give me some feedback how does my title sound i like it i like it because it's for me it's very very open and i think uh, for me, I'm always thinking about certain topics. So for me, that's that's cool. If you know, one week we're talking about how Ramadik Bari is pursuing his goals um, and how he's he's trying to change his community. Next week, let's talk about Katrina Gori and how she's shaping the, you know, the the persona around professional uh, women's sport. You know, things like that. I think are pretty cool to, to have a chat on. So there's plenty of them that pop up. So you've given it away. We're talking about Ramat Akbari for this episode. He's 22 years old. He plays for Brisbane Raw. Uh, what is it that you want to talk about and what impresses you about the life so far of Ramat? Ramat is, a, from, from the brief time I've known him, I've known him for three years. So he was at the Raw when I first started. He was very much coming through the ranks. And to me, Ramat just resembles a go-getter, um, someone who just grabs an opportunity, takes it, and just does the very best that they can to fulfill what they want to achieve, which is their goals. So that's that's massive to me. I know I resonate that with that that mentality with with Ramit. Um, they say you always see yourself in other people, right? Um, so yeah, I've, I've seen that in Ramit, and for myself, it's just been a case of helping him. You know, how can I help him as the marketing manager for the Brisbane Raw to help him achieve what he wants to do? Yeah, and and he did start with the Brisbane Raw. He was a Brisbane Raw fan. He grew up loving. Brisbane Raw. He then went to uh, Melbourne and, and played there for a season. How good was it to see him come back to Brisbane Raw? We've had quite a few boys try and have a go down in Victoria and Sydney, and they've ended up just coming back to Brisbane because it's at home. And, and at the same time, I think uh, I think these boys have gone away and, and pursued an opportunity. And if it hasn't worked out, then they've had learning lessons from it, and they're coming back to to try and not, I wouldn't say redeem themselves. I'd say continue on with their career because they've had learning lessons and they've still got a lot of career left in them. Corey Brown's another example of that. I know he went to Victoria, played for Victory for a while, and I don't, I can't remember now if he was, if he just wasn't starting anymore. But for whatever reason, he came back to Brisbane two years ago, and he's been at one of our senior players. He's come back a different, a, almost a changed man as well. Ramit had a really good start of last season and as a result he gets the news that he's being signed by Brisbane Raw. Yeah, it's my home some club you know I've made my debut like you said um you know I, I love this club you know I've, I, I was a fan when I was younger you know it's, it's part of it's part of me you know uh, when I came into pre-season he, he came up and told me you know I, I have trust in you so and that that helps me a lot you know uh, it gave me the opportunity and trust and I'm um, showing that for him. 
how exciting is it to see a young player that started off with Brisbane Raw to eventually sign and become a part of the team? Oh, it's awesome. It's it just shows the system works. You know, like from from coming through the academy and then he came back and he had a point to prove when he first signed under Robbie Fowler. And I know Robbie rated him really highly. But then to go another year and have Mooney come in as coach, he had to prove himself again to Mooney. Um, and I know Mooney gave him that opportunity to to really try and show himself. So he took it with both hands. Um, he played in a different position. He played in the number six role when traditionally he was um, more an attacking midfielder or a wide player, a winger. You know, he really excelled in that role, played really well alongside JSA last year, um, and he was rewarded with a contract as a result. But he wasn't awarded. Sorry, was that my – did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, just an email by the sounds of it. I th- it wasn't mine. I... Stupid emails. <laughs> it... That's all right. <laughs> Let me just turn – I'm going to turn that off before it keeps. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. There's been times where we're at the stadium and I'm doing the sports press and I've got the computer plugged in to the, to the, uh, the music and I get an email and it goes across the, the, the PA system. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a couple of times now. I've had my phone ring as well. This is the worst one. We've got some pen power in the preseason um, and my phone ring and the, 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 the computer was connected and it went over the speaker, the phone ringing. <laughs> so, uh, how, do you, how, do, how do you deal with that moment, <laughs> that, it that was, cringe moment? Oh, ultimate stress. It was, it was ringing for a, probably a period of, oh, it would have been two or three seconds, but it was enough for some of my mates in the crowd to text me saying, turn your phone off, please, mate. You know, so <laughs> that was Probably one of the most awkward moments in my raw, raw history so far. <laughs> so I, I get some sense of feeling of how you felt at that moment. It, it does make you want to um, crawl up and die, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Ultimate cringe moment. But yeah. in those moments, if you can, for me, if you can just make it look like nothing happened, then you're winning. You're winning. So there was a yeah. lot of people that night that when that happened to me, a lot of people didn't notice and some people just thought it was like an advert that came up. But, yeah, no. I, I, called, it <laughs> a, I called it a technical glitch. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that I'm going to call you every time now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've actually worked it out. I was on Google researching for a, a while, a good while after that game, working out how I disconnected. So <laughs> you can try your best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I will. <laughs> so he signs for Brisbane Raw, but he doesn't feel the reward of a goal, which is something that footballers strive for, until the next season against the Western Sydney Wanderers. And let's have a listen. Nice bit of work from Kai Truin. O'Shea looking for Lascano. Nat has not dealt with it. It's a Barry! 3-0 Brisbane Raw. And Robert Akbari has his first A-League men's goal. In his 54th appearance, and the Wanderers surely are beaten now. Even Warren Moon can smile. Well, again, unchallenged possession in the midfield. Slight chance of interference there, but only slight. It's a really good finish from Ramad Akbari on the Harvey Norman replay. Player of his talent. You've got to wonder why it's taken so long to get this first goal, but he does it brilliantly to make it 3-0 for Brisbane. First goal after 54 appearances against a New South Wales team. That's got to count for something. How good is that? Ah, he, he would have been over the moon, and he was. I know he was for certain. So, you know, he's, he's a naturally attacking player, and for him it took probably – it would have been weighing on his mind for sure. So for him to get that first goal, was um, it would have been a bittersweet moment for him. 
Yeah, and it was a really good goal for him. It didn't necessarily change the result or change the trajectory of the game. It did end up causing the manager of Western Sydney Wanderers to get sacked. And <laughs> and, and I, I point out now that that's two coaches, the Perth coach and the Western Sydney Wanderers coach that now have been sacked. That's right. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's becoming a trend. They've been mooned. You can't breathe on the moon, they say, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but the next goal, his second goal, I think it's important not just for him, but for Brisbane Raw because it's an early goal. And I'll get you to talk about that after we listen to the highlights. Stream forward. Wada delivering. Akbari heading. Early goal for the Raw. A dream start on their return to Queensland and their return to Morton Daly Stadium. Raman Akbari with his second ever A-League goal. And you can see how much it means to them. They've been so good at home this season and a perfect start. And this delivery from Wada on the Harvey Norman replay, it's a beautiful floated ball. Ramit Akbari didn't even have to work for that one. All too easy for Brisbane Raw. I'm not sure if he didn't have to work. It was uh, certainly a great header into the goal. Yeah. He was in the right spot. He, he ran a fair distance. So I think he worked pretty hard for it. But despite that, sixth minute into the game, in a game that Brisbane Raw had to win at home, you were there. You're invested heavily into Brisbane Raw. You have a passion for football. You're doing a job you love. How important was that goal for the team, for not only the football team, but the staff and all the staff surrounding Brisbane Raw? Yeah, it was massive. It was it was a bittersweet moment for everyone, that one. Um, uh, but I do have a confession. I actually missed that goal. I was I was at the toilet at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that was six minutes in. So we just, uh, like my role on game day, right, was to do the big screen and the music. So as soon as I hit the uh, hit the kickoff, I raced down to the toilet and I came out and everyone's celebrating. I was like, ah, oh, missed it. But regardless, that was a very good moment. It was nice just given the fact that we could score that early. We scored a goal early uh, a couple of games before. It was, um, who was it? It was Mili Uznich. He scored a goal very early, but we actually lost that game. So that one was a bit of a bit of a bummer. But this one here, we went on to win. So that early goal just really counted for more than uh, an early goal. It was more than that. Yeah, I think the Adel- it was the Adelaide game, wasn't it? And it was something like two minutes into the game, and it was a great goal. It was. Am yeah, I right? Yeah, and was that it? was yeah. on goal. Uh, he actually kicked it right at the keeper. I don't know what the keeper was doing. He must have been still half asleep right off the kickoff. But regardless, good goal, good finish. Yeah, Ramit, Ramit's header was just as good, if, if not better, because he had to rise up above two tall defenders that were bigger than him. Um, and of Ramit's stature, he's a lot smaller as well. So it was it was a lot of skill for him to get up and get in the trajectory of the ball and head it over the keeper. So it's it's actually a lot harder than what people realise, those that don't play football or those that are just spectators. That, that sort of skill is really hard. 10 News Live did a piece on Ramat Akbari and it was a really, really good, wholesome piece and really showed you a lot about his character. Before we get into that, do you as the marketing person within Brisbane Raw, do you get involved in trying to create dialogue and create a story around the players and the branding? Like, do you work on that with players? We do. We do. It's actually a really key part in, believe it or not, helping us commercialize the club at the end of the day. Because if we're building the player's profile through the media, through marketing, at the end of the day, it's advantageous because people remember names, they remember faces. And then when they're at the games themselves, they, they know the players on the park. So for us, it's it's actually a really big, I guess, facet in marketing to, to build your build your personalities. So 
for us, that's what it's all about. You'll, you'll see on our game day tiles this year, we just started putting the names of the players on the on the game day tiles. So where it says next game, at the moment, we've got Luka Vanovic, you know, number uh, number nine. So for us, yeah, it's massive. Maddie, Matt Dorman as well, our media manager, he does a lot of work with Channel 10 Direct. Any stories that come out, like Ramit's national team call-up, he's straight on the phone to Channel 10, seeing what he can get during the week, what, what news time slots he can get. Well, the war on terror in the early 2000s saw countless refugees flee Taliban rule to all corners of the globe. Just a baby then, Brisbane Raw rising star Ramet Akbari has made the most of his new life and his family wanted him to have. Now he's inspiring a whole new generation of Afghanistan kids. I think that's a really important part of this story. And we talk about the commercialisation of it, but it's clear to me that the reason why Ramat wants to promote his brand is because he he has a social conscience and he wants to develop and promote supporting his community and the community of people that have come from uh, disadvantaged areas into Australia to find a new life. It's particularly important for players to have a purpose outside of football as well. So if it's, you know, for example, Jack Hingott as well, I'll just touch on him. He's he's heavily involved with RSPCA. So working with charities is, is massive for the players, personal branding, etc. But in the case of Ramit, it's it's about the community. It's about his Afghan community and how we can give back to them. And not not given the fact that disadvantage particularly, more more the fact that it's it's his people and he, he knows the culture and he just wants to be a part of that. I think it's it's just important to him that his um his culture is looked after. How important has football been for inclusivity in in Australia, it's massive. It's you know we're in Harmony Week now, and it's it's all about how the round ball game, how the world game brings people together, regardless of of, of background, race, ethnicity, you know, anything. It's it's if if you've got a ball, anyone can play. So regardless of even language. So for Rama, it's it's about inclusivity in his community, about being an Australian first and foremost, and then being someone of Afghani descent after. That's what he does at his local club, Bethania, as well. You know, he's, he's the head coach there, and he. He makes sure he, he brings people together through football there. He's not your average coach, nor is this your average team. They're mostly Afghan Afghan players. Um, there are a couple Aussies, who, which makes the team. Um, that's what I want to do, you know, help the community here, which is, there's a lot of Afghans here. I love that. I love the fact that he gives in such a real and tangible way back to his community. I think it's so admirable that that is what he is doing with his professional football career. That's how he's leveraging it. And I think it's remarkable. Hat off to him every day of the week for that because uh, let alone being a professional footballer and being a head coach at, a, at a, one of the community clubs, you know, it's a lot of hard work. So he hasn't got a lot of spare time, Robert. So hats off to him for sure. He's now come full circle, selected for the very country he once fled for matches against Madagascar and Tajikistan. But it's not as simple as just turning up and playing. Um, so they don't have a, actually a base, but usually their um, training camps are in Turkey, in Antalya. Because um, of the war-torn country, um, most of the players, they won't go back. The example that he can be, that he can be proud of being Afghani and also proud of being an Australian. And for people who are generational Australians, he's a good role model and an example of that. Yeah, it's, it, it's massive because regardless of where you're from in the world, if you can come here and, you know, be an Australian, then you are an Australian. Like overseas, you know, all of us have come from overseas. Let's let's be real. So we come back to the world game, how it just brings people together. So Ramit, for, for me, he's the shining example with that, especially in Queensland at the moment. You know, he's able to, to bring his community together 
be a professional footballer, just really generate harmony organically. There's no sort of facade behind it. It's just he has great intentions to to be himself. I want to bring Warren Moon into this just by way of a video clip. He's not on the uh, line waiting to talk to me. There's a few things I want to raise is that if you're paying attention to the Brisbane Raw right now, Warren Moon is one of the most inspiring leaders, coaches that I've come across because of his personality, because of his ability to be able to manage people, but his incredible wisdom around football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even when he was in the, the GM role in the academy. You know, you can just tell this guy's a leader when he came in. You know, when he's the kind of guy, you know, when he when he enters the room, you can tell he's a presence, and and straight away people will, you know, they'll they'll turn around and listen to him. And yeah, leadership, big one. You know, I think there's a lot of leadership types out there, and I, this is something I've been researching in the last sort of month as well is the leadership types out there. And I think Warren's one that leads by visionary example. He, he brings people around him and who have who have the same vision or or want the same vision and he helps them execute on on their sort of their personal goals as well and that's what he's done with the players that's what he's done with Ramit that's what he's done with Jesse Daly there's so many players in that squad I think you could say that Warren believes in him and they and Warren has trust in them um, and so many players need that to for them to just be themselves focus on their football and uh, become better players it's wonderful recognition for Ramit and uh, you know his last two seasons are um I guess evident for everyone to see there was a very good footballer there. We just had to give him the opportunity to play at this level and uh, and he's taken it with both hands and now he gets recognition for higher honours, which is fantastic for him. And I know how much it means for him to represent Afghanistan and uh, I certainly uh, will be watching with interest to see how he goes. You know, I think he was an outstanding uh, player for us last year and he's finding his best in the last few weeks for us now. And uh, um, his trajectory is only going one way and that's up and you know we expect him to be a key player for us between now and the end of the season and uh, yeah just really pleased for him to get this recognition with, uh, with, with a national team caller. Now I want to talk to you about this concept before we get into the, what Warren actually talked about. Mm. There's this concept that uh, particularly and I'll tell you my wife and I adopted it early in our lives with our children it's called third party praise. Mm. It's where you speak about somebody, not to them, but in their presence or so they can hear and you lift them up. And by lifting them up, you actually give them the drive and motivation to move forward. These words that Warren shares, how important are they for Ramit Akbari? Yeah, for Ramit, it would be important in the fact that, you know, he's got his head coach's belief in him. His head coach wants to see him do well. He's publicly saying that, you know, he wants Ramit to achieve well in the national team. Yeah, for Rama, it's just more more fuel to the fire, so to speak. So, yeah, it's massive. I, I don't think it can be undersold just how impressive Warren Moon is as a coach, ignoring the results because results will come, process is imperative. He's certainly, like you said, a great leader. You know, you talk about third-party praise. I think Warren knows what he's doing. You know, he's one, he's a genuine guy and, no, and he, he means well for everyone, but he also knows what he's doing when he's going to the media and, and saying all those sort of stuff. So he wants genuinely for Ramit to fulfill his potential and that's just paid off. And we see it in his performances, you know, like he's got those two goals, but regardless of that, he's got a few assists under his name as well. Last weekend in Perth, we won 4-1. One of the assists Ramit played through was just sublime. He, he got the ball on the halfway line, dribbled up a bit, and it looked like he was going to play out wide. I think it was Nick Olsen. He was out in the wing, and he could have easily just played it out to Nick Olsen. Nick Olsen, you know, cross it in or take, take someone on. But Ramit plays this absolute needle. He plays a thread through to, I think it was Wada. So Wada receives it, just great first touch takes a shot and then Juan Oscano taps it home. So, and that was on the end of their, that goal where they had 25 passes just before it. So Ramit was that thread in the needle in, in the build-up play, which is one of the best 
the best goal of the season so far. Without question. Yeah. It was remarkable and it was so under pressure. What I loved about that was the moments. You know, there was moments where they had to cross the ball and try and move it into a better space to attack and it didn't work. That's then there right. were moments where there was a lot of pressing and a lot of pressure and they had to pass in between each other and have a lot of interchange mm. passing and then feed it back into the middle and then drive through the centre and then look for those opportunities. It yep. was an example and proof that the work that's been done on the training paddock is starting to reap rewards on the pitch. It is. It's, it's been slow, but, you know, with, with all teams, it's, it takes some time. So and it's, it's been good that they've had the time to be able to, to gel and, and, and play this kind of football because this kind of football is, you know, it's like we, we're calling it moon ball, right? It's, it's, Warren talks about it all the time, the triangles between attack and defence, attack and midfield, sorry. So those triangles in the final third um, and then a, a through ball for the striker to, to come on to and, and have a shot. If not, it's a, it's a rebound goal. So there's another instance um, earlier in the season. It was against, I think it was the goal against MacArthur. It was a JSA. It was a similar situation. Uh, Jack Hingett and JSA were playing triangles just over the halfway line. And JSA plays a, another mint through ball through to, um, was it one the Skyn or Millie Uznich? I can't remember the time. It might have been Millie Uznich. He rounded the keeper. He rounded the keeper and scored. So, yeah, that's another example of moonball in full effect. He's doing an incredible job. Now, wrapping up on Ramat Akbari, what impresses you about him? I think it's just the, the fact he's down to earth. It's his attitude. In so many, so many instances, there's footballers where they, their attitude might get, get the best of them. I've not detected a single, a single ounce of that with Ramat. There's times where he's been cheeky, but, you know, all footballers are cheeky, right? But with Ramat, he's so down to earth and, you know, just having little interviews with him. Like the, last week I had an interview with him and we were talking about the, the whole national team pull-up and the Bethania Rams, you know, work that he's doing. And it's just inspiring. So I, I think it's just a testament and he inspires others to to do the same, especially those in his community. And I think he's he's intentionally trying to have that, that effect as well. So, yeah, inspiring. Before we go, I have to ask, you love football. You've grown up with football. You have a marketing management position in Brisbane Raw. You have the ear of Warren Moon. Do you sometimes sit down at lunch and go, listen, Warren, I've got a few ideas I want to share with you from a footballing perspective? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, not, not really. I, I, don't, I don't cross into that lane. You know, I swim in my, I swim in my own lane. There's times where, and I, I talk to Warren all the time, where, uh, where I think from a marketing and branding perspective that we can we can implement a few ideas. Like, for example, Moonball, I texted him and said, and it was like 10 p.m. at night, I think. He sends, he sends me a few 10 p.m. texts as well. But it was 10 p.m. at night. I said, Warren, what do you think of Moonball? Do you like it? You know, is that is that all right? And he said, yep, that's that's cool. You know, I said to him, we had Angeball back in the day. We had Ross Lona. So, look, it's, it's one of those things where if Moonball can become a thing, then it can really get some trajectory and take off. So just little things like that. There's been times where things like his Instagram account, you know, he had his his personal Instagram account. I said, Warren, you need to, let's uh, let's get your personal brand a little bit more uh, official. So we named his account Warren Moon Official. <laughs> so yeah. little things like that. Now he's, um yeah, he's fully on the Instagram game and uh, it's just a way to engage with fans. So that's that's the only sort of input I give him. Yeah, maybe you should get uh, access to his account so you can start putting some more, stuff, more content <laughs> I'm up. I'm glad you mentioned this because I've told him. I've told him, Warren, you need to post a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just show what you're doing behind, behind, the, the, you know, behind the scenes. Don't give away any IP. Yeah. Just, just you know, all the funny stuff that fans like to see. I've got to tell you, you may be the marketing guy, but Warren Moon, when it comes to Instagram, he knows that people want to see yep. what his coffee looks like. <laughs> 
It's hilarious that there's a market out there for that, isn't it? Well, there must be because I think uh, three of the last five have been about coffee. So <laughs> he, he obviously <laughs> coffee or a, a, what is a plane shot? Him in the plane? There's a couple. Others. Yeah, it must be the only time he's got a moment <laughs> yeah, to himself. That's he right. goes, "Oh, yeah. what do I have to do? Take a photo because Sean's going to be on to me." <laughs> I, I still, I look, Sean. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you you have to do this for the podcast, but it would be great. If you could stitch Warren up, he, you know, hopefully before he listens to this podcast and sit down with him and record him and tell him that you want him to, you know, actually do up a piece of paper and show him the new, the new principles of football and see if he's polite or whether he does what I think he would do, which is shut you down as quick as anything. I can tell you now what he'll do because I've, I've heard and seen people do things like that and he just laughs at them. So, you yeah. know, however, there's the, the funniest moment I've ever had with Warren was uh, we were working in his office one day. He wasn't there and he had some sparkling water on the counter uh, near, the, near the microwave. So uh, all us boys were in there working. We didn't know who's, who's the sparkling water was. You know, we, we decided to, to help ourselves to a couple. Anyway, <laughs> went back to work in our office. Uh, Warren comes in into his office and uh, 10 minutes later, he storms into the office we're in and it, it was a riot. He was he was so angry. <laughs> it was it was the angriest I've ever seen him. So <laughs> the first thing he said really? was, "Yeah, oh, he wasn't so much angry. He was just it, it is the most fired up I've I've ever seen him. At least so I'm sure he gets more fired up in the change room. So <laughs> um, the dressing yeah, shoes. don't take his sparkling water. Yeah, no, yeah, don't take his sparkling water. The, what he said to me was, "I don't care if you call me a shit coach. I don't care if you you call me this, that, and the other thing." Never ever take my sparkling water. And from that moment, I just <laughs> ah, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> understood understood yeah since we're sharing moments i was talking to him once and he mentioned to me i said somebody put on social media that you should have played champness and i already knew that champness had left everyone knew well they should have known yep and he says yeah people keep saying that to me and i keep telling him he's not here so for the next three times i spoke to him i said warren what happened with the game today you should have played champness and every time he bought into it, he's gone, he's not here, Stuart. <laughs> I said, oh, got him. I said, isn't he? And he goes, no. I go, oh, sorry, mate. And then I did it again. Warren, you should have played champ this, mate. <laughs> he goes, Stuart, he's not here. Oh, wow. And the third time I've said it again, I said, bloody hell, Warren, when are you going to get this joke? Anyone else would have found it funny, but no. <laughs> So he, he, he doesn't have time to think about the joke. He, he's just <laughs> such a busy man. So he would have had that many That's people right. asking, I'm sure. Yeah, I could tell you from a marketing opinion and marketing context why people keep asking me, but I'm not going to get into that. That'll, that's another episode. <laughs> well, just quickly, 30 seconds, elevator pitch. Why, why, why is it? We have a lot of fans out there, it's a lot of Australian football fans that loosely follow the A-League. They like football. They like the idea of following the A-League. They like the idea of following the Brisbane Roar, but they only really follow the players that, are doing extraordinary or really remarkable things. So say Joey Chantness pops up and he's scoring, you know, three or four unbelievable goals. All the all the passive Australian football fans that don't loyally follow the Brisbane Roar, they just notice that goal. And they don't they don't look at where Brisbane Roar are on the ladder. They don't see if they're in contention for finals and X, Y, and Z. So, you know, at the end of the day it's all about word of mouth as well. Um, but Australian football, unfortunately, the A-Leagues in particular, just doesn't get the reach that the Premier League does and the La Liga does. It's just those leagues are a blessing and a curse to us. It's a whole other episode for a whole other 
discussion around what we could do to build that. Sean, thank you for joining me in this episode. It has been fantastic. Now, I can't leave without giving you some advice. I've been looking at your social media platforms for the Brisbane Roar, and I don't mean to step on any toes, mm. but for the last three months, I haven't seen a single post on Champness. <laughs> I love that. Maybe we should start following his uh, his turkey his turkey journey. Hey, his his, his career over there. Oh goodness, Warren! If you're listening, that's how someone gets a joke <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> Sean, thank you for the chat. I look forward to talking to you next month. Do you have any idea about what you're going to talk about, or should we leave it for next month? Let's uh, let's leave it to next month. I've got some ideas, but I won't I won't share them now. I won't I won't spoil it. Excellent. Thank you for your chat. We'll uh, speak to you next month. Love it. Thanks for having me, Short. And a corner, a late corner. It will be the last piece of action. No, it won't be. Sean Evans calls an end to first half proceedings in Redcliffe. Brisbane Raw starting the brighter of the two sides. But it was Wellington feeding. So cool. Nice try. Nice try. <laughs> I, I, how'd you know it was me? <laughs> I've got your number saved. I knew straight away what you're doing. <laughs> well, at least I tried. Well, the good, yeah. the, the good news is I've managed to uh, add to the ending of my uh, Future Champions podcast. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. I actually had a... Um, I had a, a loophole tonight. I had WhatsApp notification turned on. So you wouldn't have heard it, but during the game, I got a WhatsApp notification and went through the stadium. <laughs> oh, really? I could so, have called. I'm going to call you on WhatsApp now. <laughs> <laughs> it's already turned off, so unless you find some other platform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I better let you go. I didn't catch it this time, but hopefully I'll catch it the next time. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work. See you, mate. All right. I'll tell you soon, mate. Bye.